Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and John Mallory. JM, my main man, how you doing, What's brother? up? I haven't seen you since the National. I know. Needed good. to recover from the National. We had fun. Great time. You guys, I mean, that was an awesome time. You guys did a good job. You and Chuck, the cameraman. Yeah. yeah. Chuck yeah, I Antonio it. did a great job on camera. Yeah, yeah. We, we were. Got a lot we, of good interviews. We were, we were out straight, and uh, you stepped in on our behalf with uh, Chuck. Yeah. And you guys did a great job. And, and you know what? That The show we did, what I was really impressed at, the, the audience, we had a great audience there. Yeah. And they all took part. They were asking questions. They came up. We had some good subject matter. People were getting involved. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the giveaways. We had some yeah, great giveaways. Great giveaways. No, it was, good. It was when, fun uh, show. James Fiorentine brought up the picture of Rico, the Rico. painting of Rico. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. a fun show. Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, Tom Zappler and my compadre, Johnny Mallory, JM. Nice to see you, brother. Uh, we have a good show today. Very good show. One of our favorite guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Al Christofoli from Love of the Game Auctions is going to be with us for the first Three quarters of the show, and then we're bringing in later on uh, Jordan Gilroy yep. and Landon, a new guy on the block with Leland's, Landon Bailey? Landon Bailey. Thank you, David. He's a new acquisition guy. <laughs> They're going to be joining us. Landon is in Nebraska. Uh, Al is in Kingston, New York, and Jordan's in Jersey. And we're in and beautiful we're in downtown Hampshire. Salem. And Hampshire. we're in New Hampshire. Yeah. But listen, first, our headline yeah. brought to us by our good friend, Rich Miller and the great gang at Sports Collectors Daily. <laughs> and Chris Foley is going to love this headline because we talk about this all the time. All right. And the headline simply is, if you invested in Fernando Tatis cards, Ooh, yeah. you are a moron. In trouble. <laughs> now, I'm being, I'm being facetious, but this basically is what we have been talking about for, for people many, that don't know. Many, he was many, found many with a times. banned substance that he said came from him. It was a mistake. He's taking games. some medication. 80 games. 80 games. So just, just a little couple little tidbits. PWC yep. Marketplace sold 16 of his prospect and rookie cards for $30,000 or more, including three for between $117,000 and $144,000, a 2016 Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto. Graph. Bing. Just a week ago, <laughs> another auction house, whose name I won't mention, sold another T206 orange refractor card for $54,000. Wow. Over 300,000 Tatis cards have sold on eBay within the last 12 months, totaling over Cha-ching! $12 million. Unbelievable. With that being said, is there a moral to this story, John? Well, the moral is, I think, guys like yourself, the vintage guys are smiling wide <laughs> right now. That's the moral. <laughs> All right, let's bring That's it out. Let's bring it out right now, because I want to get his The take, speculative guys, not so much. This is the, <laughs> this is the vintage of the vintage guys. Al no Christopher from Love of the Game Auctions. How are you, Al? Hey guys, how you doing? Hi, Al. Now, I don't know. Did you happen to hear or see our headline just now? <laughs> I did. I did hear you. Yes. Would you like to comment on it? 
start right out of the game. Right out of the game. <laughs> right out of the game. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I, all kidding aside, we're, we're simply trying to make a point. And the point is that... With Fernando all, Tatis with, is stupid. Right. And with, and with all due respect, <laughs> if you're a modern or an ultra-modern card investor, you have to be careful. Got to be careful. That's all. I, I, look, I think, I think when it comes to this stuff... You know, there, there's a there's a big there's a big conversation that needs to be hap- happening about substance use and substance abuse in professional sports, and and you know it, that's a that's a much bigger issue than just you know what is the value of the of the client. totally agree. But I think even if you take that out of the equation altogether, and and you're you're looking at the hobby from the perspective of just being an investor which you know i question that to begin with but if you're if you're looking at the hobby just from the perspective of being an investor there are a lot of things that can happen to a player during the course of of his career um that can cause a lot of this speculative money i mean you know for every albert pujols there's brian taylor and and uh you know a mark fidrich and a fred lynn you know guys who who you know, go, come out of the gate and, you, you know, Fred Lynn had a great career, but, but at the beginning, that 75 rookie card was a, you know, uh, was a monster card. Yeah. And so, you know, I think nobody's gonna bust Babe Ruth for steroids. There's not going to be any, you know, scandal that happens with Walter Johnson, uh, you know, and, and so I, I really think that from the standpoint of an investment, there's a lot less speculation involved with the with the vintage stuff. Well, we've we've always said that again, and we've we've been harping on on the subject matter that there's nothing wrong with buying those cards, and if you're going to no. flip them and invest them, and you want to keep them, hold them for six months and flip it and make it a hundred thousand dollars, God bless you. But the in in my opinion, I think it's the opinion of the show. If you're going to invest in cards, expand your portfolio. And we've said this all along. The Babe mm-hmm. Ruth cards, the Gaudis, the T206 high-end, T206 Hall of Famers. Uh, play ball, you know, those cards, you should look at those as a blue chip and stock. If you want to, and even if you don't want to go Ruth, Garrick, there's, you know, Robinson. Clemente's been getting exactly. popular. Aaron's been growing in popularity. So, I mean, there are, you can play both. You know what I mean? They're you like blue chip You don't stocks. have to go to Ruth Cobb, Garrett. Right? You can mantle. You can, right. you know. It, it's like investing in Procter right. & Gamble when we were a kid. Right. Or AT&T or IBM or, you know, all any of those. But it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a product and it's a, a stock that's going to hold value. Right. And... Then if you want to speculate a little bit, then you can, you can speculate. Comment and question for both of you on the Tatis thing, and then we can close that book. The thing with this is different from like a Fred Lynn. You mentioned Fred Lynn. It was injuries with Fred Lynn. That's sure. what slowed Fred Lynn. He still ended up having over 300 homers. He had a great career. Had a great career. But yeah. this thing, and, and we can, look, guys, what, his first, sec, second year in the league? He's probably not going to the Hall of Fame now. Even if he has numbers, he's probably not going to make the Hall of Fame. The only caveat is by the time he's ready for that, there's going to be a whole new generation of writers who might accept the substance well, stuff a little bit more than the older writers. Al, I want to ask So this affects his legacy, Well, I want, to, I want to follow up on J.M. saying, because I'm, you're, you're, the, you're the, the pro here. And, you know, no, no, I'm serious like that. You, you may see cards down the road. 
Okay. He, he, Let's say he, he ends up having Hall of Fame stats. Exactly. Does okay. his card, once he, he gets through this, this minutia of the suspension and all of that stuff, and now he comes out and he has a banner year, banner year, hits 35 home runs, whatever. Does his card go back up in value, or in your opinion, now is the damage been done? So, okay. Um, I'm much less familiar with this part of the hobby. What has happened to the value of Ryan Braun cards? They've gone down. Good point. So, okay. Um, I, you know, again, there's a much bigger discussion that needs to happen here. And, and I think that in, in, the, in the window, in the rearview mirror, um, when, when we're talking about some of these guys like Clemens and Bonds, you know, I think history is going to view these guys much more favorably. I agree. Than, than they're viewed now. I think history is going to view performance-enhancing drugs much more favorably, you know, 20 or 30 years from now. I think there are going to, you know, the, the concept of, of science and how it impacts performance is going to change. I the, agree. The, I agree in theory that. with that. The only thing I'm going to say is I'm, uh, I'm a little more, if you want to call it angry, at Tatis than sure. Bonds and Maguire I know because I, it was very cloudy back then. There were no rules. Well, not only that. The rules are right. so hard and fast right now. But, you should know what you and, – and, and it's a difference in terms of like these athletes today coming out of the minors, a guy like Tatis who's a high, you know, big bonus baby minor leaguer, they have all kinds of people working with them. They know what they're putting in their body. Yes, that's a good point. You can still make a case that Bonds, Maguire, even Clemens – it was cloudy back then with the rules and what they were taking. But you know something Not else? Not you know, now. You know something else, and then we'll, let's get on to yeah, Al. Right. The other thing is, though, Barnes and Clemens, the argument can be made that before they crossed the line, oh, no they doubt. both had Hall of Fame careers. Oh, no doubt. Right? Sure. Both of them did. So, I think anyway. a good example, listen, the one closed the book on it, and he already had a great career much longer than Tatis. What's happened to Manny Ramirez? Yeah. Good he point. got the same 80-game suspension when he was with the Dodgers. You yeah. don't hear anything about Manny Ramirez cards. He might be the best right-handed hitter point. in the history of the game. Top ten. Yeah. You hear nothing about good, him now good because point. of this. All right, so. let's get to uh, let's get to, to to the substance. You had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I went to a card show and a science project at the same time, and and uh, and so uh, yeah, I came back from the national. You know, we we we, we, we started uh, we started a a, a flow chart. Uh, of of all of the contacts, uh, our friends and colleagues and contacts at the national <laughs> that that have COVID, and again, you know, this isn't first generation right, COVID. This right. is COVID, little head cold and right. some sneezing, but it's we're just flabbergasted. <laughs> you know, I I uh, I came back as I was driving back. I uh, I feeling a catch in my throat and uh, by the way i apologize for grabbing some sips of water throughout this show it's because quite i all still right. have a lingering yeah, too. quite all right off. but uh so so um you know i'm i'm thinking hmm you know i must have been uh, you know doing a lot of talking which i always do right so i <laughs> usually don't have a sore throat from that and uh and then um when i got home the, uh one of the gentlemen that was there with me in my booth uh texted me to tell me that he had 
gotten home and tested positive. And I said, oh, and and uh, sure enough, the you know, the next afternoon, I felt like a horse kicked me in the face. I mean, it, I, it, I, 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 I was talking to him on the phone. He sounded awful. But <laughs> again, Ellen and I, you know, people were laughing at us because, you know, we had COVID three weeks before the national. Sure. Yeah. And then we decided, I said, you know something, we're going into, we're going into a super spreader. <laughs> so Ellen and I, we had COVID, we tested negative, and five days later, we got the booster shot. <laughs> so my doctor yeah. said, you guys could be like Superman. Yeah. Anyway. I have, I have so many shots in me, and, you know, I, I was at the show, and I was talking to a, a dealer at the show, and he was telling me, he and his wife were, were set up at a, at a table, and, and they... Uh, we're waiting outside the room to to come in, and this actually made me angry. They, they, I mean, I laugh about it now, but they were waiting outside the room to come in, and there were these guys, and there was like a, like a group of guys outside the door. They hadn't opened the show yet, and they were sitting around and laughing. And so he sort of sidled over to find out, you know, what are they laughing at? And what they were laughing at was that one of them was COVID positive, <laughs> and no. And was, they were going into the show. Oh, and so, man. you know, as soon as he told me that, I said, uh, Oh, yeah, we, we're dead. You know, we're we're oh, dead. Wow. And, and oh. uh, you know, I, I counted 12 people that I knew that I, you know, <laughs> that had it. And, and I, <laughs> just, I mean, you know, on one hand, I, you know, I was sick for about a day and a half. It was not horrible. I've been sicker right. a million times in my life. I still am really tired all the time, but but that's going to go away. But, you know, even though that's true, there are still people dying from this. Yeah, and, no and, doubt. And so, Absol- you know, I, I'm no still doubt. trying to take it seriously. No, yeah. uh, you're right. I'm, I'm you're, be careful with it, yeah. you know, because you don't know. Who okay. the, you don't. You know, totally agree. You don't. Me, who's going to bring it home and give it to his spouse. That's who's right. And not have a good outcome. Totally agree. You know, so, all right. Anyway. Yeah, uh, you got a you got a hot auction going on. Unbelievable it's going to end man. on Saturday, correct? Saturday, yeah. It's going to yeah. end Saturday yeah. night. Um, please bid. I'm sorry. Yes, I said please bid. To please everybody. bid. Oh God, yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I told you prior to us coming on. I'm, uh, there's one card I'm eyeing that I'm probably going to throw a bid. So in. I'm not going to lie to you. I hadn't registered on Al's site yet. I registered this morning. He's got some cool stuff because I saw. Two or three things I need to. Build now you got some real cool yeah. stuff. Some real, <laughs> you know. I'll tell you what I'm liking uh, that you 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 seem to be doing a lot more. Listen, you have a great selection of cars. I know you've got a near complete T two O six set. You've got a lot of individual cars, but you've got some really really cool memorabilia. Yeah, that, that, I yeah. mean, yeah. really cool and things stuff. like that. Unbelievable. Yeah, stuff. some yeah. cool stuff. We really have gotten to the point where our auction is really sort of a go-to auction for stuff you don't see every day, whether it be cards or memorabilia or, or whatever it is. And, and uh, that's great because that's the stuff that I really like. So, so it's, you know, not only do I, not only is that the stuff I like for myself personally, but I also like the people who collect that stuff. And so it's great to interact with those folks and, and, uh, you know, have those consignments come in and have during the course of the auction, these conversations, you know, about the material that's in the auction from people who are really interested cool stuff. in it. Yeah, the, a lot of the 08 uh, World Series tickets. Yeah. You know, and stuff an o- like that. There's an 04 uh, World Series yeah. ticket from game four. The, the tickets, yeah. uh, the, the tickets, the contracts, uh, the photos, like the off-card stuff. Yeah. That we'll stuff say. is very it's really cool neat stuff. stuff. Very cool but stuff. Do, but we do have mainstream stuff. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. 
this auction, we have the number two Roberto Clemente master set on the PSA registry. And we've got that broken into uh, into a number of different lots. Um, so, so if you're a Clemente collector, there's lots of opportunities for you to move up in the registry. Um, but if you're not, and you just want to pick off a couple of cool Clemente cards, we have a ton of really interesting cards. I mean, this, this, uh, uh, 68 bazooka panel, uh, uh, it's the, it's not actually not the panel. It's just the card. But it's a PSA 10. I think it's one of two. Yeah, that's and it's, very cool. I've never seen this card before. It's gorgeous. Very and cool. and so, you know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. We have a lot of really rare exhibit cards, um, which is, uh, you know, the exhibits in the hobby are really starting to gain attention, gain people's attention, because there's a lot of rookie cards that were in the exhibit sets. There's a lot of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig cards that are just starting to come up in value, and there's a uh, lot of. I, that, I'm, I'm, I, I said this to you. I, I know I'm, I'm probably raising the price, but I, I want him to make a few. I know. Bucks. Don't mention the things that. Uh, there's one. There's one. <laughs> let's put it this way. There's one exhibit card that you have that I'm I'm going to go in uh, full force on. Now I do have a question for you. This is from a personal standpoint. I bought I bought uh-huh. uh, recently. Uh, I just want. I'm not going to tell you how much I pay, but I wanted to get your your opinion of if if it's a good buy, a good card. I bought a 1947 Jackie Robinson exhibit card signed by Jackie Robinson in ink in 1948, and the auto is a PSA 8. I mean, that's a great card. And there's a cool little secret about the the 47 to 66 exhibits um, in the lower right-hand corner of the card it says it is printed in small type made in usa and and uh this the speculation is that if that there's there's different sizes where that uh you know there's different bits of that uh of that word that phrase and if it measures five eighths inches oh let me write uh, this stuff yeah yeah and if it measures from five eighths inches from left to right i think that's the number um that card was manufactured in 1947 See, so, that's what I wanted to find out. So that's a Jackie rookie card, and and it's sort of a poor man's Jackie rookie card because a lot of people don't know that, but it's a 1947 Jackie Robinson. So wait a second. One more time. If it measures five-eighths of an inch. I, you know what? I think I, – I, I don't want to – No, no, okay. It, you know, but, but – uh, Can I, I research it online? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's ways of dating – all of those exhibit issues. Wow, and, that would be kind of uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd that's, say so. You know, that's a great card and a really, really underrated card. Um, we actually have in our auction uh, that card, that, not signed by Jackie. I mean, that's a monster. Um, but uh, but we also have the 1953 Canadian exhibits, Jackie Robinson, really? which has, which is the same pose. But those Canadian exhibit cards, the first 32 featured major league players. The second 32 featured Canadian uh, Montreal Royals players. Yeah. But those first 32 are really hard to find. And we've got a whole run of them uh, in this auction, including the Jackie. And they came in two different tones. They came in a red tone and a green tone. And we have both, which wow. is which very is really cool. Yeah, Al, really I noticed one that jumped out at me. You have a Philly cigar mantle is yeah. it, uh, from 1961. But what stuck with the, the photo... It was different. It's unique. It's like a real uh-huh. close-up of his face. It almost looked like someone just took took a picture of him. Can you talk about that item a little bit? I had I had never seen that card before. Me neither. 
uh, it was a redemption offer. Yeah. You would send in 20 cigar bands and, and, uh, you know, so the kids had to smoke the cigars and then, and then send it, <laughs> why send not? In, you know, right. But, but, Hold uh, on. Can so, Chrissy, Chrissy, our producer smoke cigars. Can she send in 20 bands and get gets to you? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, she, I'll send her a sixty-one mantle. But, but yeah, it, it, I had never seen the card before, and the cool thing about that card is that it is part of the Mickey Mantle Master Set. It's a hard one to find, and if I believe, if I remember correctly, the one that we have in the auction is one of the higher graded um, known, uh, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's a you know, it's kind of photographic, sort of thin paper, I guess. Right. And yeah. Condition sensitive, but it, you're right. It is a beautiful close-up photo. Um, really clear and, and yeah. nice for yeah. that era, which is which is pretty cool. Hey, listen, before we take a quick break, there's another item that kind of jumped out at me because I, I I like the history of baseball. Tell me about the House of David jersey that you that you that. That, that yeah. have. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's, saw that. that's uh, and now of course I don't have the player's name in front of me, but uh, but uh, when we go to break, I'll dig it up. But uh, but the the um, uh, the jersey was was uh, the House of David Historical Society or something like that confirmed that uh, that it was traced back to 1932. Wow! And uh, and was you know what they're all about? Yeah, of course. Specific they came player. to this area a few times and played ball with in the Lawrence. Beards. In Lawrence, they came and played. Yeah. It, these jerseys, these old jerseys, blow me away because when you hold them in your hands, they are so heavy. They're are they not really? Even, they're not even like uh, like seventies or sixties flannel, which are kind of a lightweight sort of flannel. These are just heavy woolen jerseys, and I ima- imagine these guys with this long hair, yeah. and these beards, crazy <laughs> beards, and these heavy woolen jerseys on a baseball field in August. You know, try. <laughs> You're you know, trying to get through a game without <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Grover Cleveland Alexander pitched some for them for a little right. while. I yeah, think he I think did. You're right. All right, listen, we are chatting with Al Cristofoli from Love of the Game Auctions. Big, big, big time. Uh, this is kind of like your blockbuster uh, summer, fall uh, so, yeah. auction. So, we do, yeah, we do three a year. Uh, three big ones a year, and and uh, I mean, you know, big ones being relative. We don't, you know, yeah. we're not we're not having you know ten million dollar, you know, can, can auctions. We, you know, but but uh, uh, but we do. We have three a year: one in the spring, one in the summer, and then one uh, right in November. And and so this is the summer auction. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We come back. We're gonna speak a little more, or chat a little more with Al. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, Homeowner's insurance is all most people need, but for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. 
Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back. And before we get back to our good friend, Al Cristofoli, nice Italian guy. There's nothing like a good Italian. Nothing like three Italians in the same room. Are you, you're not Except maybe two Italians in the same you're room. You're not full Italian though, right? Full Italian. That's not what I heard. Well, listen, I've never done this stupid search. Rico told me you so were half Czechoslovakian. No, a quarter Czechoslovakian. Is that what it is? Half Polish. Hey, why don't you tell us about That's our why good I get along with Rico. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about our good friend Joe Drellick and the Philly Show. I will. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collector Show, the Philly Show, from Friday, September 23rd to Sunday, September 25th, held at a new location, folks, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, Hall B, 100 Station Ave in Oaks, Pennsylvania. That's not too far from the old location. That's a township, Oaks, named after a plural of trees. No, it's named after uh, a guy. There was an Oaks guy. That, what was his name, Al? T206 Oaks. There, there was a guy. Alden. Rebel Oaks. Rebel Oaks. Rebel Oaks. Not named after him at all, by oh, the way. okay. Uh, shop over 250 of your favorite Harvey dealer booths on over 75,000 square feet of sports collectibles heaven from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 12 and under get in for free. Autograph guests include... 
Baseball Hall of Famers, Jim Rice, good guy, local guy from around I'm here. I'm not a big Rice fan. Well, I, we can talk about that. Ricky Henderson, who we met at dinner. Ricky was a great a couple guy. of nationals Ricky was ago. great. Ricky was John great. Smoltz and 2022 inductee, Jim Cott, Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Famer and legend, Brian Dawkins, and so many more. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all started. I got to tell you guys a funny story about the national. I don't even know if I told you this. So... Uh, after we after the show on Friday, we went out to dinner. Um, uh, we had uh, we had a, a dinner meeting. Uh, myself and Ellen and Joe Orlando and Jackie Curiel. I was asked not to go. No, you're out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we we ate at the Palm, beautiful restaurant, because it was a business meeting. Absolutely. But walking out of the Palm, somebody and I don't remember who it was. Was it no? It wasn't Grady? Somebody I can't remember who it was. Was I saw him. And we're walking out to the car, and I bump into him. I said, what the hell are you doing here? Right? And he says, hey, I want you to meet somebody. Next to him, this big, tall guy, it was Chris Mullen. Oh, so he was walking around the show, Mullen. Yeah, I, I saw so him. So I didn't yeah. realize that. So he says, hey, say hi to Chris Mullen. I said, Stevie Donahue. Chris Mullen goes, what? I said, Stevie Donahue. He says, how do you know Stevie Donahue? I said, he was my college roommate. My college roommate was his high school coach. No way. From New, he's from New York, New yeah, York guy. Power yeah. Memorial. Yeah. And then oh. he transferred. That's uh, so Al Cinder. My, yeah. my, listen, though. So then he said, Louis Piccola. I said, <laughs> Louis and I played basketball together. <laughs> he says, you're kidding me, right? No, this is a joke. I says, no, because we all went to the same school. Louis, he went to one school for two years and then transferred, and Louis was his high school coach at the other. Wow. So we just, we had a you lot had a of... picture with him? No. You should have. <laughs> no, we were talking, just laughing about my college roommate, but he did say something which was really interesting. Because my college roommate, he was my college roommate. We talk once or twice a year still. Right. He said, Steve Donahue, I've had many coaches in my life. He's in the top three co best coaches That's I've, saying ever, I've ever had. Louis Conaseca, Don Nelson, he played for some great coaches. He says, he's Steve, so... Tip of the cap. That's awesome. Hey, Al, you know, you and I were talking yesterday. Would have been fun if I was at that dinner. I could have met Chris Mullen. You're out. <laughs> you and I were talking. Drinking by myself on the boardwalk, Dave. <laughs> you know, he that was. was you? No, he, listen. That was me. Thanks for stopping, Al. And he, had a cup, <laughs> and he had a cup in front of him that said, please help. Uh-huh. Made 74 uh -huh. bucks. <laughs> hey, Al, yesterday you and I were talking, and I, I want to make a point uh, about love of the game auctions. You, and, you know, you've got, you've got the biggies. You've got the Heritages, the Goldens. We know who they all are, right? Uh, the uh, REAs, bigger houses. You can love them. You cannot love them, but they're all big, successful houses. Good people. And then you get the other. Then you have the smaller houses, like who they do very well. Guys like uh, Scott Russell, the Collector Connection. Uh, Brian, guys like Mile High. Well, Brian's he's bigger. Okay. But you get guys like Lee Barons. Yep. Uh, right. Uh, and then you get guys. Al, you're the only, really only auction house that I call a tweener. Yeah, I, I really don't know what the hell I am. You're in between. <laughs> no, but you're in between. You're in between the large auction houses, and you're in between the small auction houses, which is a perfect niche for yourself. Perfect niche because you don't sell the million dollar card, but you sell a, a, a card that everybody can afford, and it's it's kind of it's it, it, some of the items you have 
are, are really, really attractive items because of the size of, uh, of your if business. If anybody out there would like to consign a million-dollar car, that would, I, I'm that sure, would be. I'm sure you wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> but I think I think what Zap's saying is, and I think this auction is a great representation of that. Absolutely. Look, there's there's Ruth's, okay? There's Aaron. There's Mays. There's Robinson in this auction. But it's a mix. It's a great Look, mix. And you can have your high end, you know, four to five figure things. But then you're going to get some exactly. that right now it bids a hundred bucks yeah. that you can get it's, in on. So it's really it's really important to me that. Um, you know, I mean, we, we've been talking since this show started about investing in this and investing in that and all of this. Um, you know, this hobby is about collectors. It's about history and it's about, uh, you know, finding stuff that's hard to find. And it's about chasing after that piece that you need. And that's for everybody. That's not just for investors. And, and so, um, you know, I'm a collector. I understand that some of the things that I collect may be worth money, but, but uh, you know, I collect them because I love them and I love the history and I love learning about the stuff. And I always want to make sure that my auction appeals to that person and has material for that person. Um, you know, I mean, I, sure, there are people who are shopping in my auction for investment reasons. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we, we're named love of the game for a reason. And, and right. so, good point. you know, that's, right. that's kind of what we are and what we're all about. Now, if you're a consigner, there are a lot of advantages for the, to the big auction houses for sure. Um, but, you know, when you have those pieces that are $5,000 up to $100,000, we're giving those pieces serious marketing attention in our auction. We're able to really focus on those because I don't have 50 six figure lots in my auction that I have to focus on. Right. You know, I'm not getting, and this is not a criticism. It's just reality. Uh, you know, when you're selling thousands of lots and you're banging them out every month, you can't give marketing attention to every single one of them. And, and so I think that's where we fit. Uh, you know, when you have a $20,000 item or a $50,000 item or a $5,000 item and you want it to find, you want it to have a home where it's going to be treated well and it's going to be properly described and it's, you know, the auction house is going to take some time and, and let people know about it and let people know why it's important and why it's a cool thing to own. I think love of the game is the best resource in the hobby for that stuff. And I'm, you know, excuse me for being spammy with my, you know, I know we like to chat about the hobby and, and all of that. Um, but, but, you know, at some point I feel like I do need to, to, you know, to put a commercial out there for my company because I, I think it is a special alternative to, to a lot of the, the bigger houses. Al, we've talked about a few of the items in the auction. Are there a couple items or anything you want to mention that is like a cool item, something maybe that, that what you feel like is a real love of the game item that kind of fits what you do, a couple items that excite you, some wow items on your yeah. end. I mean, I mean, we've got we've got some great 19th century pieces that I that I'm really proud of. We've got a beautiful N173 cabinet of King Kelly. We've got a couple of large format uh, photos from the 19th century. One of a, a Lowell baseball team, Lowell Massachusetts baseball team that has Hugh Duffy, uh, and another one of the 1899, uh, I think, New York Giants. That's a, a sort of a championship photo. It's got four or five Hall of Famers in it. But there's also some some cooler post-war vintage stuff. One of the things that's one of my favorite pieces in the auction is this, 
which is um, a 1958 Packard Bell Willie Mays. So um, in 58, uh, Packard Bell was like a television manufacturer. And, and what they did was to introduce the two new baseball teams that were coming to California is uh, they produced a, a small set of schedule cards with the, the Dodgers and the Giants schedules on the back. And, and uh, they're postcard sized cards and they are super, super rare today. Uh, we've got two in this auction. We've got a Gil Hodges and we've got this Willie Mays, which is the highest graded uh, PSA copy. This card is really, really hard to find. And, and so much that a lot of people don't know about it. And when they look at it, it looks like just a regular old exhibit card from the 60s. That is not what this is. This is a 58 Packard Bell Willie Mays. And it's a really, really tough card. Um, so that's one that's sort of a favorite. We have this uh, newly discovered uh, Rose Company postcard. Yeah, Maddie, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty great card. And, and uh, you know, the whole issue is hard to find. Uh, there's all sorts of little nuances about the players and, and uh, uh, different variations in the set that are really cool. But the Matthewson is obviously one of the keys. And uh, and it's always cool to find one that's newly discovered that we just had PSA grade. Came back at two, but it's a really, really nice looking two. Uh, it's got nice nice corners. There's a little toning on the back, a little discoloration that's related to age. And that's really what's responsible for the grade. So if you're one of these guys that's out there shopping for a card with nice eye appeal, that's a more collector grade example, a more affordable example. That's a great option. And then on the newly discovered, we also have this newly discovered 1921 exhibits Babe Ruth, which is a, which is a great card. One of my favorite Ruth cards because it pictures him fielding as yeah. opposed to or hitting, which is kind of cool. Right. It's one of the first cards to show him in a Yankees uniform, and you know I'm all about that. And and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, he always I, has to throw that in. You ever noticed that? <laughs> but I but I think that's a really cool card, and I love the fact that it comes from an original owner collection. It's a second generation collection um, where where the gentleman reached out to us and had a bunch of exhibits and Gaudis. But uh, but also some more recent cards, and they all wound up getting consigned to us, which is pretty cool. I apologize for my telephone ringing, um, but uh, but anyway, I think those are those are some of the cards that I think are great. We also have uh, the number twenty. Uh, it's actually now it's number nineteen. Something happened. Uh, Nineteen seventy top set on the PS. Yeah, I was going to ask that. about that. Yeah. Um, it was number 20, it was number 20, it was number 20, and I just looked a couple of days ago, number 19, nothing changed about the set. So I don't know if somebody retired a set or, or downgraded a card or two or something like that, but um, that's a really cool and underappreciated set that's kind of, you know, condition sensitive because it's silver borders and, and you know, it's subject to chipping, just maybe not as severe as the 71 set, but it's, you know, and then you've got all of those tops centering and quality control issues it's like they didn't even care when they were made <laughs> they were exactly. making hard 60s and 70s and so right. this is a really nice set and uh, actually bidding is uh, it's a pretty affordable set right now if, if you take a look at it in the auction hey al quick question going back to the lowell uh, is that a type one photo it's a big cabinet, not a cabinet photo, it's a big oversized photo. So it's, it's, these photos were so uh, expensive to make in the 19th century that chances are that they were, they were original photos that were given to people on the team. Now that may be good, you know, it's Lowell. Yeah. It's the Lowell team. You, Duffy, yeah. uh, Hall of Famer. And yeah. it, that may be something to uh, take a look at. I saw that. 
Did you? It's a very, very cool piece. I, you know, I love those. I love those oversized 19th century yeah, photos I and, I, and 19th century stuff in, in general, this is the rarest stuff in the hobby. So when they're, when they're talking about, um, you know, these new cards that everybody is, oh, this is a one of one or a one of five or one of 25 or whatever it is. A lot of these 19th century pieces, they were not produced for collectors. They were produced for the people, on, you know, in the in the photo, people on the team. And, and uh, you know, when when you find one, a lot of times it's the only one. It's the only right. one that's survived. And all of the other ones are hidden in attics or they've been de- destroyed over the years or whatever. So if you can latch on to one of these things, you're getting a really rare piece of baseball history. Very and, cool. and uh, you know, for collectors who are interested in the, the, the actual game part of the hobby and the, learning the history of it, that's the stuff, man. That that nineteenth century stuff. Yep. Yeah, we have about three minutes left. I'm going to throw some th- throw some words out at you and just your <laughs> thought off the top of your head. You ready? All right. Yeah. Nine Fire point away. nine point five. Mickey Mantle gonna hit uh, ten million. Oh, definitely. That's a monster. Beautiful card. Nicest one I've ever seen. The Golden Wagner that uh, he sold for what five point whatever it was million. What's your thought on that? It's the marquee card in the hobby. It's, you know, great card. So if, if that card is worth 5.7, what is the Kendrick card going to be worth someday? Well, you loaded that question up, huh? <laughs> I thought I'd throw it out. <laughs> Since, by the way, you can't see it on. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know what? When that card, when that Kendrick card gets consigned to love of the game, it will break all of the records for the most valuable card that's ever been sold. I think that's, so, too. You know, that's a beast of a card. All right. I, with all of the history behind it and everything, doesn't matter. That's the most famous card in the It's a cool card. I, actually, you know something? I think the history makes it cooler. A cooler card. You. Right? I agree. All right. Yep. Fractional buying. Uh, <laughs> not my favorite. It's not my favorite thing. It's, it's uh, you know, I think that there are, uh, there are investors out there um, who, who, you know, they want to invest in the hobby. I think there are collectors out there, but that, that window of people, look, there are people who invest in, you know, classic jukeboxes and classic cars and, and all kinds of things like that because they want this tangible thing that also has financial value, but they want to have the thing. And so people who invest in stocks and things like that, who, who care less about, well, I, I want to show you my, my Amazon shares or I want to show, you know, they're, they're not interested in showing you the stock certificates and things like cool. that. So there are people like that. I just think like if you take the collectors and you take, the, the uh, investors and you make a Venn diagram where they yeah. in the middle, this person who is in, interested in the hobby, but doesn't really care to own the thing. I just don't know if there's enough people who fall in that middle I spot agree. right that, that can sustain it. Right. I could be wrong. Lastly, the great American collectibles on air staff, Petroselli, Malori and Zap are willing to trade to the love of the game staff, three extra L official Gax polo shirts for three love of the game polo shirts. And don't be cheap. Yes. 
Let's make that happen. I'm, I'm Let's all do over it. that. We will yeah. get you three. Oh, the, the, By the way, this is game one. This is show one. <laughs> you know, I, let's go back to the fractional thing. Go. Because because I also didn't think that they would like fried chicken and waffles. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and, so, you know, for all I know, what do I know? Right. You know, so, anyway. right. we're going to get three XLs in the mail to you. You get three XLs in the mail to us. You got it. All right, Al. Your website address is? Uh, loveofthegameauctions.com. And the auction ends Saturday night at what time? Saturday uh, extended bidding begins at 9, 9 p.m. So you've got to get your bids in, your initial bids in by 9. And if you're not a registered bidder, don't wait till Saturday to register because right. we do not accept new registrations on a day that we can't check your references. Good. So, so do that on Thursday or Friday or even Wednesday. Awesome, Al. All right. We wish you the best. Great auction. And we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Al. All right. Hello to Tobacco Row. Guys in Tobacco <laughs> Row are great. Take care. Al Christofoli from Love of the Game Auctions. All right. Sorry. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Landon and Jordan are going to be joining us from Leland's. Landon, Jordan, Leland's. That's it, LJL. Hang in, we'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. 
present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag, and every tag is NFC-enabled so you can see the detailed specs. eBay Authenticity Guarantee. No fakes, no fraud, no doubt. And eBay is the place to go for all of your memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Much, much more. Double, two muches that's, in there. That's a bit much. Well, you're right. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash. I shop on eBay all the time. That's eBay connecting buyers sellers I just globally. Had the, I just had the best protein bar. I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it was, I mean, it was a pretty basic bar. No, but there were chunk walnuts in it. No, it was good. I eat them sometimes. Very, very I feel yeah. like energized. Yeah, well, you don't look energized. <laughs> All right, listen, uh, before we That's bring good. You're energized for the last 10 minutes of the show. Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan and Landon from Leland. <clears throat> Jordan Gilroy, Landon Bailey. How are you guys? Good, how are you? Good. Hey, guys. Uh, listen, before we, we chat with them, I want just a little clarification about the Diamondbacks book. Um, I guess the publisher is having a little problem with Amazon. I don't even oh, know okay. if you know that. There's some kind of a glitch that they're trying to work it out. 
So right now, if you want a copy of the Diamondbacks Collection 50 of the greatest cards in sports collecting history, written by Tom and Ellen Zappler with contributions by the famous John Mallory and Joe Orlando, uh, you can go to TomZapplerMedia.com. TomZapplerMedia.com. That's going to be posted to buy a copy. We have been inundated with books. Thank you so much. We just got another big order from the Hall of Fame. You know that our book, uh, this is the truth. All the books are there, right? They're the number one seller at the Hall of You're Fame. You're kidding me. I swear to God. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That's good. All right. Let's bring in Jordan Gilroy. Well, they're already here. Jordan and Landon <laughs> from Leland's. First of all, hey, Landon, we talk to Jordan all the time. Welcome, Landon. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's great to be here, guys. How do you like working with this guy? It's it's a great group. Everyone there uh, really knowledgeable. They're great to get along with. Uh, it's been it's been a great place. That's yeah. not what you told me. I'm just kidding. No, no I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Leland's is uh, one of the pioneers in the auction houses, yep. and I know uh, Josh was a wonderful, wonderful guy. As a matter of fact, Josh uh, was a regular on the show uh, every other week. Uh, he was hysterical. But Hef, Hef and Jordan and the rest of the gang, the guys have done a great job, Jordan. And Landon, you're, you're in with a, with a good company. Jordan, let's talk about the auction results. First of all, you guys had a hell of an auction. Oh, yeah, the pop-up? Yeah. That one? Yeah, that was cool. Um, we had, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a huge auction, but the results were huge. You know, some Brady cards are always going to get in there and vintage autographs. At, you know, the typical Leland's. I mean, you had, yeah, you had a little of everything, some signed baseballs, uh, exhibit cards. Uh, Mallory, is a, he's a Tom, you're a Tom Brady butt boy, you know that? What are you talking about? I mean, that's all you do is you... Well, I got to hold the ball. Oh, you did? Yeah, when what, I, at the National, I got to hold the ball, the, the, the last touchdown ball, which is still the last touchdown ball, by the way. Technically, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, he, I mean, theoretically, he could get hit by a train before the season starts, right? <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. Uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, Landon, so what is your role going to be at Leland's? Yeah, so I'll be helping with acquisitions. Um, I've had experience at other places, so just trying to use uh, use what I've learned in the past and apply it here at Leland's, try to get some uh, a little bit more modern cards in the house as well, um, try, to, try to, you know, just hit the ground running and try to get it as much as we can in-house and uh, try to get these auctions really rolling. Well, uh, John and I just yesterday, it's funny you mentioned that because we just bought 3,499 Ferdinando Tatis cards uh, <laughs> that you can have for a buck a piece. Great time to buy. Yeah. Yeah, great time to buy. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so you're going to be handling, so uh, I know, John, I know you're, you're kind of like a vintage slash modern guy. Uh, Landon, you're more of a modern guy, so you're, you're kind of bringing... You know, you're going to bring some knowledge into modern, ultra-modern, what, baseball, basketball, football, a little of everything? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I've done some TCG as well. Um, so, I, I mean, I love basketball. That's probably my favorite thing to collect and watch. Um, but I've, I've done uh, every sport, and so I'm excited for uh, for the opportunity. Um, and then, yeah, I wouldn't say there's especially just the modern cards is kind of what, what I enjoy collecting, and so it's what I've been knowledgeable with. Both you guys can comment on this. You guys just had a, a Steph Curry card. I think went for close to thirty k, if I'm not mistaken. Can you talk about Steph Curry, where he is in the hobby now? But just generally, 
I almost get the feeling that with modern, maybe even with, with younger collectors, that basketball is kind of driving this thing right now, even though traditionally I think baseball has always been point. the sport. But can you just comment on that a little bit? It just seems, but you know, John Morant, uh, Zion, if he comes back, uh, you know, Steph Curry, even the veteran players like that, Jason that, that, that hoops about, is hot, how about, how right? About Jason Tatum? Tatum, right, exactly. You know, he helped us play for the Celtics. You yeah. could throw him a ball. Well, they lost in the finals. So. Right, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, guys, yeah, comment on that cool. if you could. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, you know, with basketball, it's a lot of the international buyers that help it too. That's right. Uh, you know, there's more international that. with yep. that than football and baseball, maybe even combined. So. You know, there's also the young guys that are having a lot of fun out there, like everyone you just mentioned, and everyone has so much money invested in them, so they're always pumping the cards that they own, so you're never going to have a shortage of people, you know, talking up these players and screenshotting sales and trying to hype up people to pay more for cards they have, so it'll, yeah, I mean, with Curry, though, he's still young, not as young as Luca and Morant, but he's He's not like LeBron. No one's counting down the years until he's going right. to retire. You know, this, yeah. this, this, you guys, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Landon. Go, go ahead, Landon. I was just going to say, Curry is the player, uh, since I've been alive, the one that people feel like they could be. Like, I, there, there's not many people that are going to be six, seven and hops like crazy, but Curry was the first player, you know. Uh, uh, he wasn't super tall, but he could just shoot like crazy. And that's the most obtainable thing and, for people today. And guys, don't you think that this past we talked about, you know, they beat the Celtics in the finals, but Curry, like, I'm not going to say single-handedly. It's a great team. But he them. really did he single-handedly them, beat yeah. them in a couple of games. And look, before they had, he had won with them. He was the guy, but he was young then. Then Durant right. was finals MVP for a couple of those titles. This was the Steph Curry final against the it Celtics. Really was. And I just think this launched him into a maybe a whole new category as but we see the rest you, of his you career. You know what's interesting here? How it, 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 Landon, you, you can probably uh, uh, speak to this point. It seems as though there were like, with, with basketball cards, there's been three distinct generations. You know, you had the, 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 you know, the George Mikan, the Bill Russell, the, uh, you know, John Havlicek, uh, Oscar Robinson cards, that generation mm -hmm. of cards. And then that morphed into the uh, uh, Larry Bird, MJ, uh, Magic, Magic, Isaiah uh, Thomas, the that, whole that 80s, generation. 90s, yeah. And then that generation has morphed into the LeBron, uh, kind of Shaq, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, yeah. you know, Dwayne Wade yeah. and into into yeah. today. I mean, is, there's been a kind of a progression that has seen from from generation to generation that's picked up ahead of steam. Is that is that the, is that the point? Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's been there's been huge. Uh, huge players in each one. And when you look at today's generation, like Zion Williamson has barely stepped on the court. Right. But think of what he's done on an impact to cards. He single-handedly seemed to spike the, uh, the pandemic card boom. It was first Zion <laughs> is what it felt like. Right when that prism came out, yeah. Zion just shot through the roof and everyone was chasing it. All right. So I'm going to so, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. I was just going to say that, uh, it doesn't take a superstar anymore to spike the hobby. It just takes that that um, that need for one person to just go crazy. And uh, you see how many people came in just trying to chase that. And it's been really fun to watch for the hobby. Right. And then and then I hope that the play on the court will eventually uh, do Make what his cards it. have done. So, so playing the, the devil's yeah. advocate for a moment, if I may. So what is your advice to a young hobbyist who 
potentially could invest in a Zion Williamson card or someone, and the guy tears his Achilles, and his, he's done. You have to kind of be careful because Bill yeah. Russell's dead now. Oscar Robinson <laughs> is 150 years old. Thank you. Know, point, point being is that, I mean, what, what piece of advice do you give to these guys that are spending this kind of big money on the modern players? Do you have to be careful? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't think uh, Michael Jordan's going to do too much to hurt his reputation. So right. if you want solid value, go for the older stuff with the guys who continue to grow and grow. But if you want the fun, the chase, the the See, that's a good um, potential gamble, that's why people are going for the modern stuff. Good point. Yep. Good point. Yep. I just watched the um, the Captain documentary, Derek Jeter. Captain and Tennille. Both, yes, the Captain and Tennille. <laughs> Love did keep them together, by the way, until he died. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. Go. Well, you said Bill Russell died. I'm sorry. Bill Russell, Daryl Dragon. I mean, come sorry. on. Right. Um, where's Jeter in the hobby right now? I don't know if you guys saw that, but obviously, um, you know, he's right up there with the great Yankees of all time, which puts him right up there with the great players of all time. Um, where is Jeter in the hobby right now? Your thoughts on him? Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. So he, um, yeah, I mean, everyone was hyping him up with the beginning of the documentary, as they do for any documentary. They always try to take advantage of um, people using someone's name a lot to try to sell their stuff. But, uh, I mean, he doesn't – he was never really in the, you know, the media spotlight. So it's not like people are talking about him every day unless it's for this documentary. Um, but, you know, Yankee fans are loyal and Yankee fans have deep pockets. So whenever they want something big like Jeter, they're going to pay up for it. So he's still pretty point. expensive overall. Landon, not quite the impact the last dance had on the Jordan cards, right? Well, thankfully, the pandemic, we're not at home anymore. So yeah, right. <laughs> I think those days, I think those days of one one show taking over the hobby for a little while are gone. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness, because I, I don't miss staying at home every day. Um, <laughs> but it's still I think there is there will be a little bump because some of his bigger cards were so rare and uh, in high grade, they're just so hard to find that his stuff's going to continue to grow. Good. I was just about out of time. You know, I want to get you guys back to guest host with us, to do a full show with us, because I think there's a little, we could have some really cool discussion. You know, I'm a vintage guy. JM is kind of in the middle. Rico's a vintage guy. You guys, you know, you're kind of like on both, both ends of the spectrum. I think we could have some really cool dialogue about vintage versus modern. Yeah. Are you guys in? That'd be cool. All right. Yeah. Your website address. Lelands.com. Oh, very, very nice difficult. Perfect. Lelands.com. <laughs> right, make sure you guys tell Hef we send him our yes, love. Yes. And by the way, we have a nice tell, tell Hef. We have a nice president, a present in the mail for him. You know, you know what the publisher did? What? You know, obviously with the book. Yep. The beautiful, 80% of that is, is Mike's. Yep. They had some beautiful 11 by 14 high gloss uh Prints. Prints of every single That's item That's awesome. There. That's great. It's going to be cool. Beautiful. All right, guys. Take care, and we'll talk to you down Thank the you road. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank be you. good. JM, nice show today. You, by the way, can I just say, you love it when modern guys get caught with steroids or get hurt. You love it. Eat it up. You eat it up. You, eat it you up. don't even try to hide it. Eat it up. You're begging for the next guy to take something that ends in <laughs> Olo or hit his knee and get a little non-contact eat ACL. This guy jumped. You love it. You know, Marat. Yeah, and Jamie <laughs> irritates me. <laughs> I love when you go, no, what happens if this guy should tear his Achilles? <laughs> what do you think is going to happen to his card, kid? I'm a vintage <laughs> card. 
With that being said, JM, have a great week. Love to, you, man. To our viewers and listeners, Chrissy, David, great job as usual. <laughs> have a great week and happy collecting. That's good. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.